is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Thank you. Bless you all. Wonderful. We're going in, on in with, with our series in Mark, which is super. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking, um, we're going to read, first of all, Mark 7, right the way through to the end. So uh, some so really uh, excellent pieces of scripture here. And um, like most of the people who are getting um, a part of Mark to read, uh, we could seriously be here a very, very long time. If we wanted to really go deep into, you know, you take one piece of it. Oh, my goodness me. Jesus withdrew. I mean, there's a story in itself. Why did he go and pray? And oh, just, just great. So uh, if you can find it in your, uh, on your app or something like that, I've just put, uh, I'm just putting my clock on. Okay, just to keep me on track that I won't go on for too many hours. That's just one of those things that uh, keep, give me a focus to limit um, Sorry? Just the three. Oh, well, I didn't say three. Just, you know, that's very nice of you to give me that. So, well, uh, uh, no, we won't blame anybody. Just, we'll just carry on. So, uh, once you've got Mark uh, 3, uh, verse 7, um, I think it might be coming up uh, on a screen at some stage. But if you haven't, then we're just going to read it anyway. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. And a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard all he was doing, many people came from Judea, Jerusalem, Idioma, and uh, regions across Jordan, Tyre, and Sidon. I realized I was pronouncing that wrong the other day, so we've just looked at how to pronounce biblical words. It's just, aren't apps wonderful these days? Uh, because the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell who he was. Verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountain and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them to be apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out and preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to whom he gave the name Boanages. It's a weird name, but it means the son of thunder. What a biblical name. Who wants that name, the son of thunder? However, I'm not sure about the Boanages. Okay, cause, uh, another one of those you have to look up and say, how do I pronounce that? Which means the son of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, uh, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they thought he was out of his mind. And the teachers of law also came 
Um, they came from Jerusalem, and they declared that he was possessed by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. So Jesus called them and spoke to them in a parable. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. I tell you the truth, all the sins and blasphemies of men will be forgiven. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they said he, was, he had an evil spirit. Coming to the end, uh, verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brother arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, Your mother and brother are outside looking for you. Who are my brothers and my mother? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him. He said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother my sister and my mother. As I said, one of the things you can do when you're looking at scripture is, is, is just be overwhelmed with the task of all that God has put in it. <laughs> just put so much, so much in it. It's all there for our good. Here is the word of God that takes away the sins of the world. Happy are those who receive it. Yeah. Saved are those who will receive it. Here is the word of God. When we come to the word of God, it is glorious. And it's, a rep it's, 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 it's the description. It's the character of our Lord and our God. So uh, looking at those, um, that, that large piece of scripture, um, there's, there's three parts to it. Some have already been done, already before. So um, a, a number of weeks ago, uh, Amazing Graham uh, did a whole piece around, um, come and see. Why don't you just come and see who Jesus is? You know? uh, and that was, that was one, of the, one of the statements. Sorry, I just started to sniffly. Uh, the other thing that he said, come and be with. So uh, as well as come and see Jesus, once you actually do see him, actually you want to be with him. Because actually you've not met anybody like this before. Uh, and it's wonderful when you do get to know Jesus, all you want to do is spend more time with him because there is no one like him. He's just so amazing and great. And uh, go and be his witnesses. So uh, even, even in the first part of this, uh, the, the, the scriptures, you're, you're seeing come and see, come and be with. And uh, why is he actually appointing the apostles so that they can go and be his witnesses? Um, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, etc. And uh, isn't it wonderful that one of the things God does in the midst of this scripture is he picks us. I thought it all came out from the songs and the words this morning. It was just lovely. He picked you. And he doesn't make mistakes. And I love that word this morning. If you're wondering, oh, perhaps, perhaps you, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, I did. Oh, yes, I do. I thought that was a great word. Knew exactly, went before the creation of time, knew all that you were going to do. From the beginning to the end. Everything. Every thought, 
every emotion, every deed. No, no. He's just that good. And it's wonderful that he's good. So um, here we are, uh, come to be with and be his witnesses. So uh, that's the first part of of the word. And I thought Graham did that. I don't need to do that again. I just need to talk about being refreshing uh, where where we're up to. Uh, The other thing that uh, in the middle part of the scripture, it talks about this huge spiritual warfare piece that's going on. Huge, huge, who Satan is. How are you coming again? Oh, just some serious... Oh, that you were saving you that, weren't you? You see, see that this is brilliant. I love this. That's just this. In the earlier part, where Jesus says in the book, so thank you for doing that. This just proves my next piece. So thank you. It's really good. Isn't that great? Um, but Jesus says, uh, you know, all these crowds are coming. You know, they go off to be alone, and actually, crowds come. Isn't that amazing? Crowds come. And uh, what does he say to them? And you don't find this very often in, in, in other bits of scripture. It's a little bit like the pillow, those, those strange bits that are in Mark that you've got to look for. And it says, actually, he said to the disciples, uh, go and get a boat. Go and get a boat. Why are you going to get a boat? Well, because the people are pushing in. It's, it's going to be a bit unsafe, you know. And uh, the, the, there's the lake and they're going to keep on pushing in. They're going to push us into the lake. So go and get a boat so that we can get into the boat. Okay, oh, isn't that wonderful? So he he got the boat. He knew that, that this was this was going to happen. Did they use the boat? Right? Did Jesus even need a boat? It struck me this morning sitting there. I needed to talk about the boat. Being open to the Holy Spirit, the boat's important. Why? Because he actually knew his disciples needed the boat. Jesus didn't need the boat. He could walk on water. It's not a problem, you know. Who needed the boat? Well, his disciples were probably quite concerned about Jesus. They loved Jesus. Goodness me, all these people pushing in on Jesus. And what needed to happen? I'll tell you what, why don't you go and get a boat? You'll feel better if we had a boat. (laughs) Wasn't that wonderful that Jesus is that thoughtful and caring? He knows what we need and he provides what we need. You know, Adam ran down here, could see what I needed. Jesus sees what you need and he's already making provision for it. Now, he might think, actually, if you had enough faith, you know, you don't need that. All right? If you had enough faith, you don't need that. Why? Because you're Christ. You can walk on the water. You don't really need a boat. So what we're having a look at, this was not part of my preach, but sitting there this morning, I thought, I've got to talk about the boat. I've got to talk about the boat. Wherever you are and whatever you are doing, God knows what you need. All right, and he knows what you need because you're you. All right, he knows what you need because you're you. He knows our character, he knows our shortcomings, and he knows where our faith can take us to. And where, oh, I don't know about that water. He knows where we're up to. And he provides accordingly because he knows what you need and he can provide for it. Even Adam running up and saving my, he knew. And how could you spot it from over there? Just great. So in the middle, we have this amazing thing about uh, spiritual warfare. Who is Satan and all that sort of thing. Now, previously, I've talked about this spiritual warfare before. They have a Lord God Almighty and he created everything. Created all the angels. Even created the angels that were going to fall. And he created us. 
So when we look at our Lord God Almighty and we were praising him, he was the King of kings, Lords of Lords, having all authority, etc., everywhere, all the time, etc. There is no one else. Okay, so when we have a look at any spiritual beings, principalities and powers, which is in my notes further down, we're okay. We're okay because all we've got to do is submit to God, resist the devil, and he will... Okay, that was really good. You all knew that, didn't you? I would like you all to, though. All we've got to do is submit to God, resist the devil, and he will... Flee. That's right. He will flee. Because he can't stand before God. He can't. <laughs> Unless God says, come, I want to have a chat with you. And then he has to come. Because that's the authority and the power of our God. So uh, when we're looking at these, this, this piece of scripture about uh, talking to these uh, Pharisees, etc., um, about Satan. And he was doing that because he was, he was actually declaring something about himself rather than them. So uh, at the end of our, 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 our reading, because I'm going to jump a little bit around, because it didn't work out that I had a four-point sermon or even a three-point sermon. I really do apologize that it doesn't work that way today. All right, Because what I've got to do is follow what I felt God put on my heart uh, for you and for us. Uh, uh, and sometimes it doesn't fit in a box. I quite often find God doesn't actually fit in a box. It's really good to have three points because people actually do remember three points and, and, and our abilities to... Re but I had something from the Spirit of God that I thought I would deliver it in this way. Uh, well, at least I felt I should deliver it in this way. So at the end of the, of the scripture, we have these wonderful statements that you are a brother, you are a sister, you are a mother in Christ. He declares it over you. And we talk to one another as if we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's true. And it's what Jesus ends up saying right at the end of those scriptures. And we will touch on that as well. So we, we, last week, can you remember about the Pharisees? Uh, I think it was Graham again was talking, was it Graham talking about Pharisees as if we should all boo? They're the baddies in the panto. The Pharisees come on, they go boo. Okay. And I, I, I took that, I thought, actually it's true. We usually do look at them and they are portrayed in that way. And I, and I got a little bit of a challenge when I was doing this and thinking, goodness me, these Pharisees, why were they like that? And one of the things about Mark, as well as the, the, the boat thing, is that there are nice pieces that come out. And one of the things that, that struck me was, here was Jesus in his ministry time in Israel in occupied territory. Occupied territory. Rome had invaded and conquered Israel. So when you have a look at the Roman officers and the, the you know, Pontius Pilate and all those, all, that authority was finite in, Rome, in Israel. So if you did anything wrong, it was, it was the Romans who had to say, yes, crucify Christ. Why? Because they were the authority. When you have a look at being occupied territory, you have a look around the world and you see the wars and all that sort of thing. The thing, the thing that struck me is some of the biggest... Awful places to be as Christians, whether it be China or whether it be Russia or one of those other places where actually uh, there's very strong authoritarian um, powers. That actually, eventually, because they can't beat Christianity, because the more you, more, more you, uh, the more you're horrible to Christians, the faster Christianity grows. 
Why? Because people in need turn to Christ, they realize all that he is. He brings peace, he brings freedom, he brings healing, he brings... <gasps> so when you look at the most persecuted nations, it's amazing to see how fast churches grow. It's one of the reasons why we miss out on realizing how fast the church is still growing. It, it, when you're talking to people in the UK, you're thinking, oh, the church is tiny. There's billions. There's billions of us around the world. Literally. There's, you know, not getting on for 7 billion people and over 2 billion of them are actually Christians. It's very open. <laughs> Taking them over. Why? Because it's Christ's plan. It's going to happen. So what do you find is places like China that actually outlawed Christianity end up, oh, I tell you what, we could actually make this a state thing. So we could have some control over it. Same as Russia, during the Cold War and all that sort of thing, we'll make it a state thing. We'll get some control over it. Lots of places around the world, that's what they do. They, they, they make it a state thing. That's what we'll do. Exactly the same when the Romans came in and took over Israel. Oh, they got this Jewish thing. We'll make it a state thing. So when you're having a look at these poor Pharisees, here they were, religious men of their time, trying to think, what are we going to do? We've got these huge crowds gathering. What will the Romans think? What will they do? Well, if you've got a large crowd somewhere in Russia, Peking or wherever it is, and it's not a state thing, you get arrested. And what we'll do is we'll round up a lot of the heads and we'll put them in prison send them off to Siberia or wherever it might be. So when we're having a look at these Pharisees, they're a bit nervous, aren't they? And you can see the sort of thing that's going on here. That actually, if you're not open to the new thing, can you remember what Graham said about uh, obedience and, abs uh, uh, and uh, how are we going to be obedient or are we going to be obstinate? So when we're having a look at the Pharisees, quite often what we're seeing is, oh, no, 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 this is something new. <laughs> the Romans and all that, they, they, won't, they won't like new. Okay, they're, they're just barely getting to be okay with who we are. And uh, so we, we can't have new. And here were the Pharisees in that really difficult place. And instead of bracing the new, they came against it. Now, here we are, Christians, uh, and I'm just wondering what it is, what it is. The real battle, you see, was not against the Romans. Jesus didn't go against the Romans. <laughs> and actually, he, he, he did confront the Pharisees in their uh, criticisms of him, but he didn't go to war with them either. He, he didn't do that. He knew where the true battle was going on in principalities and powers in heavenly places. So when we're having a, having a look at this, you know, um, understanding who we're fighting against is an important piece. So uh, back in those days, of course, it was quite obvious. You could see, you could, see, you could truly see uh, the confrontation and the control. I've never lived in occupation. I, I never have lived in a nation that is occupied or controlled. Uh, I remember going to, uh, um, going to Yugoslavia back in the day, um, quite a long time ago, uh, around about our honeymoon time and bits and pieces like that, we went to Yugoslavia. And as soon as the communist hold over it came off, the wars were just horrible. Because the control kept it really bound down. 
no freedom. When we're having a look at ourselves and thinking, well, hold on a moment. Is there any occupation going on in our lives? I wonder if there's anything that actually is slowing us down from doing what Jesus says at the end of this scripture, which is doing the will of God. <laughs> These are my brothers and sisters. Well, I wonder if there's anything that would slow us down from doing that. So my thoughts were, I wonder what the occupation is going on in the UK. In Derby, maybe. In our households. I wonder what the occupying forces are that would slow us down or limit us being obedient to God. It's one of those things. What, occupy, what are the occupation areas of my life, I wonder? I wonder what the occupations uh, areas in my family, in my workplace, in my neighbourhood. Is it full of oppressors, captives, people in chains? Because in exactly the same way there was in Jesus' day, no, we haven't got the Romans. We haven't got the Romans. No, 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 no. And I'm not criticising any people group or any church or anything like that. What I'm saying is, what are the things that would slow me down? What are those things? So uh, before we move on, what I'd like you all to do is I'd like you all to take a deep breath. Oh, God, take a deep breath. Let it out. Right? It's not a competition. Take another deep breath. And let it out. Third time. I like threes. In and out. Every breath is a gift from God. A gift from God. And God has a way of using the smallest things. And in exactly the same way of taking a deep breath, you can take a deep input from the Holy Spirit of God. Oh Lord, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh. But the challenge is, even when you are filled afresh, how do you carry on and do... Sorry, getting too close to the speakers. How do you carry on and do what God says you need to do? I wonder how you do. Um, a, a, few, a few weeks ago, um, well, a number of times now, um, it, it, th those words of um, come and see, come and be with, and then go. And I'm thinking to myself, where do I go? Where do I go? Because it's getting quite difficult in the workplace to actually share your faith. It's quite difficult unless you've got a really interesting conversation. Unless they actually ask you, quite a lot of places saying now, oh no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can, we could report you to HR. When I'm looking at strongholds or oppression or things that would limit me, it's amazing. So I said to the Lord, come on, Lord, you've got to be able to find ways of me being able to share my faith because I want to be your witness, uh, which, which is great because I can um, have an opportunity. Where I, have a, I don't see anybody anymore. I see a screen. And when you're seeing a screen, it's pretty difficult to share your faith with someone over the screen because there's not this rapport going. Some people seem to be able to share all sorts of outrageous things, and it's funny. Outrageous things. You know, no. Whereas since I've got to this place, in the last few weeks, um, having gone for months of famine, you know, famine, not being able to share my faith with anybody, that's a famine. Then if you get upset that you can't, that there's not the opportunity, that actually you're having conversations and nobody really wants to hear about God. 
So in the last couple of weeks, just amazing. Just amazing opportunities. Talking to someone and they take an interest, whether it be in this building. I was in a, I was in a, a garage the other day. And I thought I'd just get a conversation going with a few people. Because it was a little, we were sitting there, about five of us sitting there, waiting for cars to be picked up. And I just happened to say, you know, it's like being on the tube, isn't it? Nobody talks to one another. You've been to London, nobody talks to one another. And with that, we start having a chat. Uh, uh, and Russia comes up, obviously. It's just one of those things. Uh, and uh, one, of the guys, one of the guys says, oh, I don't worry about any of that. You know, they might have the nuclear missile, but actually God's got a new heaven and earth. He says, because I'm a Christian. So this other guy was sitting there, he was sort of taking a bit of an interest and so forth. And uh, the guy carried on with the whole new heaven and earth and revelation and bits and pieces like that. And I thought, will Jesus ever come into the conversation? <laughs> so I put Jesus in the conversation. I said, yeah, but the only reason we're going to be there for the new heaven and earth is because we know Jesus. He died for all our sins, didn't he? He still wanted to talk about a new heaven and a new earth. It was obviously on his mind. Okay. But it, it, it's one of those things, look, how do you, how do you have the opportunity? And I've been praying more and more, Lord, give me the opportunity. What am I bound in by that stops me doing this? Because not that it will stop me being a brother of Jesus. It doesn't. My performance doesn't dictate my parenthood. My parent is Heavenly Father. Nothing can stop that. It's always there. But isn't it good when you've got the opportunity to share something amazing with people? So the, the, the thing for me in, in the midst of that was, how am I going to be? How am I going to be that person God calls me to be? And I know, for, for me anyway, it doesn't have to be for you. But when the Holy Spirit prompts you, what do I do about it? Thank you this morning. Thank you. You heard God and you came. Thank you this morning. You heard God and you came. Thank you this morning. You heard God and you came. Why am I doing this? Because actually it's where my word finishes, to be honest. That we all hear God. Sometimes he gives us a picture. Sometimes I had a dream last night. I had a dream last night. I, don't, I very rarely get God in my dreams, but he was in the dream. And we went to this uh, assembly, huge, 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 huge assembly of Christians. And uh, the, the, the atmosphere was one of stale. Nothing was happening. And there were a bunch of us there. And there was a bishop, there was this, there was cardinals and all sorts of things. It was, you know, you know, this was not going to be a place for the Holy Spirit to move necessarily. Could, but not likely. And then one person comes through, one person comes through. Looked a lot like you, Rupert. I've got to say, came down to the front and started to sing. And another person came up and laid a hand on him. And from then on, it was chaos. Chaos. 
absolute chaos. People getting saved. People getting healed. People being set free from unclean spirits. It was amazing. Because someone came forward and allowed the Holy Spirit to prompt them. God hasn't changed. All the things. You know, people pressing in. One of the other things in Mark that struck me as well this morning sitting there. Have you ever been to a dinner? If you, have you ever been to a dinner? There's too many people at the table and, and yet <laughs> trying to eat. Right? Have you been like that? I have been to places like that. That's what it was like here in Mark. There were so many people sitting at the table they couldn't eat. And it never struck me before that there were so many people that actually they couldn't even eat. That's how many people were invited and came because they wanted to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And one of the things we had from the previous preaching was... Are you a person who can give a good party? Are you a party giver? Can you invite some friends and neighbours and invite a few Christians as well? Not a lot. Only took one Jesus in a party. Only seriously messes it up. Okay. Seriously messes it up. And uh, and here we are in Mark. and, And at the end, we've got this whole thing going on where Jesus is declaring, right? Jesus is declaring, who are my brothers and sisters? That wasn't denying mum and brothers who were sit outside weren't his mum and his brothers. It wasn't denying that. Jesus doesn't lie. Okay. But what he was saying is, hey, all of these people here, they're doing the will of God. They're one, they know me, they know God, and therefore we're brothers and sisters. We're the family of God here today. How do we show that to others? I know, I better make sure I don't get this bit wrong. Okay. I know that God gives gifts to everybody. So, T's got a gift. Helen's got a gift. If I don't pick you out, it's not because you haven't got a gift. (laughs) You've all got gifts from God. Why? Because you have a loving father who gives good gifts. And some of them are more spiritual than others. Some people just do things in the most amazing way. And I was saying this the other day to someone. You make it sound so easy. Oh, it is so easy. No, it's, the only, it's only easy because God's gifted you in that. God's gifted you in that. When you have a look, when they were building the tabernacle, God gifted people to be able to cast bronze. Right. He gifted people to be able to carve wood. He gifted people. And sometimes those gifts seem like they're really practical. And sometimes God gives you a practical gifts. As well as spiritual gifts. Right. He always gives spiritual gifts. I, have, I would like you all to prophesy. I would love it to you all prophesy. I would desire that you should all desire to prophesy. I'm just quoting scripture, but it's part of my heart as well. That the Holy Spirit is in you and wants to talk to one another. He wants to to use you to encourage or speak truth into lives. The Holy Spirit never criticizes, just saying, just give you a baseline here. First of all, he encourages and helps people, brings truth to bear. 
So what I would like is to finish my time with some open time. I'm not going to get you to come and have a queue up here with prophetic words. did that, I think, about a couple of months ago, and we had a few people. That's not what I'm thinking of. What I'm thinking of is that we're going to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. When you open up yourself to the Holy Spirit, don't worry, other stuff can't come in. Why? Because God's suffering. All right? So we want the Holy Spirit to come in and fill us afresh. If he's never filled you before, he wants to fill you today. Amen. Right? If he's never filled you before, he wants to fill you today. I know this because it's a promise that he'll fill you today. And he wants to give you gifts. Now, you might have already got gifts. Great. In which case, he wants to refresh that for you. If you've never received it before, I want you to just, okay, I receive it. What do you want to give me, Lord? And there'll be, you'll, you'll get ideas that will come into your head. You will. They'll come in. God's like that. He plants an idea or a thought in your head, and you think, was that God? Well, I can get rid of most of the prophetic words I have if I think that way. Is it just my good idea? Well, your ideas are words that good. <laughs> So when we're having a think about this this, this this morning, there's some of you that have known a touch of God before. And God says, I haven't changed. I still want to touch you. I still want to use you. I still want you to be active. <laughs> so we can work together, be partners. So whilst you're just sitting back, not falling asleep, but relaxing, before God, taking those deep breaths, saying, I'm open to you, Father. I'm open to you. Holy Spirit, come and talk to me. And my expectation is that God might speak to one or two for the first time. Lovely. It might be that God wants to prompt you to give a word of encouragement for someone. It might be that God's giving you a picture of something, and you need to ask God, what do you want me to do with that? My expectation is God will speak to everybody that says, talk to me. Because he's a loving father and he loves to bless and encourage every one of his children. So just relax. Get rid of the chaos thoughts of lunch or your travel home or anything else. Just let God speak to you. If you're getting anything critical, that's just your thoughts going. <coughs> God's going to give you some of the things. It will touch that tender part of your life and reassure you that he's there and he's providing. Certain parts of your life that need healing. And he's saying, I've took that on the cross.
Right. So, this can be something for every day where you receive from God, where you receive from God, and then the risky bit comes. That wasn't risky. That wasn't risky at all. That was just, ooh, yeah, that wasn't risky. Just, just, oh, that's just easy and nice. And, oh, thank you, Lord. The risky bit is then going and doing something about it when he prompts you. So before we're going to go, you're going to close, I close, what would you like? Okay, so, um, so before you leave here, God might have told you something <laughs> to go and encourage someone or tell them a picture that you got or something like that, in which case we've got time for that. Um, but I'm going to close in prayer to give opportunity for that. You can do that. The easiest way is over coffee. It's not very spiritual, is it? Okay, just over a coffee. You can say, oh, just got a minute. God was saying this to me. I don't know if it's for you. Might be for the, might be for the whole church. You never know. But it's those words of encouragement. It's that picture. It's that, oh, just felt God wanted me to pray for you for this. Sometimes they wonder how you knew. How oh, God knew. That's where the risky bit comes. It's not really risky because God told you to do it and there's usually fruit in it. You can go and tell three people the same picture and it will have a different meaning for each one. It's just wonderful. So just feel free in that as we come to a close. Should we pray? Father God, we thank you that this is the word of God. This is Jesus alive in us today. This scripture is God-breathed, Lord. And I pray for the words that I've spoken that are of you, Lord. Let them take seed and germinate and come forth to be fruitful in our lives, Lord. We want so much to be, Lord active in your plans. We want to see your kingdom advance. We want to be a people of your presence. So Holy Spirit, convict us, enable us, empower us, and bless us as we go out of here to be shining lights for you. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.